this is Sean Donovan, and you're listening to the guys at Send Central. For us, picking four, I think it's the first time this organization in 17 years, it's the first time we're going to pick in the top five. And we get, we'll get picked number four, and we're really excited. Draft lottery is all set, and that can only mean one thing. It's time for some Ottawa Senators draft foreplay. Here with Making Sense of the Sens, I'm Ross Levitan alongside Brandon Piller and Chris Parliament today. Brendan Purdy's here too for some Prairie Fire later on. Now, 17 years ago, as Dorian mentioned there, the last time Ottawa picked in the top five, you guys remember who it was? The only guy making more money per goal than Bobby Ryan this year? <laughs> Could be, of course, Jason Spezza. Now with the Dallas Stars, this year's NHL draft will be in Dallas, June 22nd and 23rd, but let's go back to Jason Spezza. This is episode 39 of Making Sense of the Sens. Does anyone even remember Jason Spezza's number 39? Uh, it was a number that Jacques Martin didn't like to call. Of course, the former second overall pick. There was a lot of issues about his defensive zone coverage early in his career, but still put up a respectable 76 points in 111 games. Uh, 79 PIMS, but I think most of those were in that one game with the Philadelphia Flyers where <laughs> the two teams set the all-time record for penalty minutes in a game. But, I mean, without disrespecting Matt Karkner or Andreas Englund, who also wore number 39, Brandon, you want to touch on a, the guy who Spezza gave that number to? Ross, number 39, Dominic Hasek. How many games did he play for the Sens? He played, let me tell you, I got it right here, 43 games for the Sens. Honestly, one of the best years of his whole career. He finished with 28 wins, 10 losses, uh, four ties. You got a 209 goals against average, a 925 save percentage. When he was playing in Ottawa, he was, it was pretty much. (laughs) That, That could be the best team they ever had. Honestly, like that 05-06 team, when you have guys like Martin Havlat, Zdeno Chera, Volchenkov, I mean, the list went on and on, and that was the... Chris fr- Phillips? Yeah, Chris Phillips was in his prime. That shutdown line, it was Volchenkov and Phillips, and then Chair and Redden providing offense. That team was a wagon, and I mean, probably the least fortunate part was that Dominic Hasek didn't even get injured playing for the Ottawa Senators. It was with the Czech Republic at the Turin Olympics, and I think that the adductor muscle will forever be infamous in the city of Ottawa as Dominic Hasek, he must have practiced for like two months throughout the playoffs. And they're like, are you ready? Are you ready? Uh, you ready? You want to play? You going to play? And uh, he just was never ready. So Ray Emery got kind of thrown into a pretty tough spot there. And I was at the game where Palmanville went right around Daniel Alfredson shorthanded in overtime game five. And you're just like, where was Dominic Hasek? He would have just sprawled out with a big poke check like he always did. And, and would have stopped it, so that's too bad there. But Dominic Hasek, where do you rank him, let's say, in terms of Ottawa Senators goalies, just pure talent while they were here? We know he's one of the best goalies of all time. Number one. Who who was better? Yeah, you. And if you're talking pure talent, it's number one. That but guy. with the Ottawa Senators. Yeah, pure talent-wise, yeah, sure. 100%. All right. If you're talking best did Pat, numbers. Did Patrick Waugh or Martin Brodeur play for the Senators? Oh, no, no, oh, but I, I'm, one, I'm talking about when they were with the Senators because we've seen Craig Anderson put on some monumental no, said performances. I said best goaltender with the Ottawa Senators. You're still going Hasek? That's fair. Who, yeah. uh, but even like even well, if you're talking. not looking at their whole encompassing their whole career, 
which goalie, maybe the Hamburglar, had better stats yeah. as an Ottawa Senator? Honestly. <laughs> had to be the Hamburglar. That's the yeah. only person I can think of who had better I mean, stats. Sample and, size is tough with this, but you look at the numbers over a career, it goes for me, Craig Anderson, Patty Laleen. Yeah. Numbers wise. Yeah, that's but fair. best yeah. pure goaltender at that time. Craig or sorry. The dominator. The dominator. Yeah. yeah, fair enough. So Spezza was the last top five pick. The Sens will draft fourth in this year's draft. The club has confirmed they will keep the pick, therefore forfeiting next year's pick to the Colorado Avalanche no matter what. Now, when you draft in the top five, is it important, Chris, to take the best player available over a positional need? This year it's tough to say because there's so many needs for all of the teams that are in this top five. So right now you're looking at best player available, and a lot can change over the summer. Guys can get bigger, hint, hint, Adam Bach this, but... If you take a guy, you have to look at your team, and right now, each of these teams needs to take a player that can help them win hockey games, and I think that kind of erases both questions, which is best need or best talent, and right now, you just need you need wins if you're these organizations, and I think that there's enough talent in this top five that it's a win for everyone in the top five. It's going to be really interesting to see as well, because there's four of the top six picks will be within the Atlantic division. So an arms race here between the GMs and making a mistake could be really hindering to your organization down the road here. Brandon, with the fact that the Sens have two first rounders this year, this is a deep draft in terms of defensemen. Does that kind of sway you to take a forward with that top pick? It's it's tough to say because... It depends, really. I mean, like we said, uh, Rasmus Dahlin is... He's separated he's, from the pack. He's the number one pick. I don't think there's too much secret. Buffalo could announce it right now. But then you've got to look at what the Hurricanes and Habs are doing. Sveshkov will probably go second. But then at at three, the Habs, it's not really it's not really confirmed whether they're going to take either Zadina or Kachuk. So depending on how that goes, personally, I, I want Zadina over Kachuk. I think you need the most talent available. You need gold scoring. Uh, the centers were a very, very poor team putting pucks in the net, but were even worse at keeping pucks out of their net. So really for me, unless Sedina is still there, I want a defenseman with that fourth overall pick because that's where this organization really is struggling. There's not a whole lot in the pipeline for uh like true franchise defensemen. So, and especially with the uncertainty with Carlson. So really for me, if Zadina isn't available, I'd like to see them take a defenseman fourth overall. And it would likely be one of Evan Bouchard or Adam Bockfist. And there's been some lack of clarity in terms of the pronunciation. So we're going to go with Bockfist because that's what we heard them Craig Button to talk about on the under 18 games. And Adam Bockfist won best defenseman at that tournament. Deservedly so. Philip Zadina is an interesting name because you mentioned Montreal has the opportunity, if Svechnikov goes second, to take Zadina. Now, Dominic Ducharme wasn't Zadina's coach in Halifax, but he was the coach in Halifax for the five years prior to that. So I'm sure he has lots of connections within the organization. Ducharme just got announced today as an assistant coach for the Montreal Canadiens. Mm. So they can use that intel, but... Unlike the Senators, they're not a bare-bones organization, so they'll have lots of uh, discussion of who's going to be that number three pick. It gets really interesting after that, though. We mentioned the pair of defensemen. Noah Dobson's another guy who's really shot up the, the charts here uh, from the Quebec League. I just want to throw in, too, Dominic Ducharme got a uh, 
front row seat to Philip Zadina play possibly his best game of the World Juniors against Team Canada this year where he scored and had an assist and the only two goals that they were able to score against Canada. And he dominated shift in and shift out against a very good Canada team. Yeah, Ducharme, a pretty unheralded but solid addition for the Montreal Canadiens as much as I hate to admit it. Now, are we expecting this fourth overall pick to make the Ottawa Senators next year? Is that a certainty when you're making this pick in a top five? I don't know if it's a certainty, Ross, but if you're the Ottawa Senators... You have to pick someone, even I would put this above uh, positional uh, importance. You have to pick someone you know or are pretty well sure is going to be on the NHL team next year, regardless of whether he's a center, winger, defenseman, goalie, it doesn't matter. You need someone to hop in your lineup and help out on an entry-level contract with all those bad contracts that the Senators have. They're tight for money. And taking this... Uh, pick this year means they're not going to have their pick next year so you need as much help now and immediately as possible because doing doing poorly next year does you no good so absolutely the senators have to draft with in mind that they need this player to step up be on minimum contract and be a part of this team in the future yeah, that makes a good point, and that could be an argument against drafting Adam Bockfist, who's a little undersized, almost like Eric Carlson coming out of the draft, where uh, he's listed at about 160 pounds right now. So he could be a guy who needs more time, whereas Brady Kachuk was one day away from being eligible for last year's draft. Does that kind of give him an advantage here? Absolutely. I've been sold on Brady Kachuk for a long time now, just the way he plays the game and you watch in the NHL right now, Brad Marchand's a perfect example right now in the postseason. And Matthew Kachuk has made a very good case of being a, a great player in the NHL. His dad was a Hall of Famer, and we all know that what he was able to bring for many years in the NHL. But you look at the NHL, or sorry, at the Ottawa Senators right now, and they are not a hard team to play against. And it's tough to name one player that you don't want to go into the con- the corner with and yes I know that Max McCormick's on a one-way deal next year but I don't see him make, playing more than 15 minutes a night this team needs to get tougher and it's interesting if you look at Matthew Kachuk's rookie numbers when he hopped right into the lineup with the Flames keep in mind that everyone is saying Brady Kachuk is better Matthew Kachuk put up 49 points in his rookie season much needed for the Ottawa Senators next year he played with Froelich and Backland who both got better with him on their line Froelich was able to add, sorry, Backland was able to add six more points, and Froelich's plus minus jumped from one to 13. Huge. He's a positive influence on the line, and Brady Kachuk is better. He's already a kid in a man's body, playing against guys that are older than him in the NCAA. And I really like what he can bring, and he's a goal scorer as well. We saw it at the World Juniors. He put on a show, a nasty goal against Canada in the outdoor game. I like everything he brings to the team, and I really think that Ottawa should take him at four. Uh, Chris, for me, the whole Kachuk phenomenon, talking about Matt Kachuk, where you said he elevated the play of his line mates when he joined them. I actually take a different spin to that. I actually think, not, not saying he doesn't elevate his teammates' play, but I think he has more of an influence on his opponent's play bringing Fair, down yeah. their level of play because spin zone there yeah <laughs> i got you there eh? um because really what he's doing is they're constantly even you've got guys like veterans who are agitators themselves ryan kessler i have a keeping great his, story about keeping that. his head on a swivel being like where's this kachuk guy like, like drew doughty 
Drew Doughty, that's another great example, a Norris Trophy winner defenseman, a veteran guy, and they're constantly worried about this little agitator, and it it just throws you off just enough that you're gonna you're gonna take less time to make that crisp pass to clear the zone. And you're going to take silly penalties. So really, the Kachuk factor isn't all about goals and assists. It's about what he does to his opponents as well. Going back to this Ryan Kessler story. Fun little fact. Keith Kachuk fought Ryan Kessler when he was in his second year. Keith Kachuk was in his 14th. Fast forward, Ryan Kessler's in his 14th year and fights Matthew Kachuk in his second year. What a family legacy. Yeah, just crazy. Yeah, it sure is. And can you just imagine Logan Brown and and Brady Kachuk on the same line, bringing size, speed, and then Colin White hands. scores and dabs on you. So they're not fun to play against. Yeah, it's kind of tough to really break down too much until we know more what who's visiting what teams and everything. So we'll move past the draft foreplay for now. I hope we've teased you enough. But we'll go into you mentioned Colin White. He's been announced as a member of Team USA coming up at the World Championships now. An interesting note, their first game, May 4th, will be against Team Canada. It'll be the first time that Colin White plays against Thomas Shabbat since the final of the World Juniors in Montreal, where Colin White got the upper hand in that one. We don't know what the USA lines look like so much, but at least at the start of it, in Team Canada's perspective, Thomas Shabbat will be the seventh defenseman. Jean-Gabriel Pajot in a fourth-line role. You can be sure that he'll be killing penalties as well. How much do we think this will help develop these guys and, and just being around these star players? I think we touched on it last episode a bit as well. Yeah, some important hockey, but it has a, a little less pressure on them. And after a season where nothing was really fun and Colin White was had a very indefinite role on the Senators and was going back and forth between Belleville and Ottawa, I think this is a nice little adage to the end of a season and adds a positive little spin on it heading into the summer instead of going into it as an off season. And this World Championships, it's going to be held in, in Copenhagen, Denmark, so it'll still be earlier on during the day, but there's, there seems that there's maybe it's just me not paying attention to it as much in the past, but there's a lot of star players going. You look Team Canada, and you don't have to look any further than Connor McDavid, yeah. who was just announced as captain today. Team USA, uh, it's not often Patrick Kane's not in the playoffs at this time. He'll be with Team USA. Johnny Goudreau will be there with Team USA. It's going to be a pretty good tournament, I think. And Ottawa has more young guys going. Philip Gustafsson will be the third goalie, it looks like, for Team Sweden. And what are your thoughts on that? Well, I love that Philip Gustafson. Give him as much hockey as he can play right now. Keep him developing and keep him around NHLers. I think that's yeah. very important for a goaltender, more so than, as we mentioned, Colin White and Hot Sam Bacho before, <laughs> learning from the older guys. But another guy that could have gone, Philip Schlapping. Yeah, strange. Got snipped this morning from the Czech Republic. So did Philip Zadina. Martin Kout makes it. And if you look at Martin Kout, he's was a, at the midterm rankings in NHL Central Scouting. He was ranked at number 11, skyrocketed to number four, a la Noah Dobson or... Your among Evan, European skaters, right? Yes, among yeah. European skaters, sorry. And Noah Dobson and Evan Bouchard, they rocketed up too. Martin Coates, six foot two, 176 pounds, and that's a nice little frame for... A, a European player to come over, maybe a steal in this year's draft. Keep an eye on him. Yeah, well, Zadina Kout both played on the same line at the World Juniors with Philip Heedle, who got a cup of coffee with the New York Rangers this Scored year. Scored too, not the prettiest first. Time no, no, but he he's a good player, and uh, he but it's really interesting the fact that that Schlappick got uh, looked over in in that. But uh, a guy who had a tough year injury wise, who we were excited about coming into the year is Christian Yarosh. Yes, 
he will be playing for Team Slovakia. So good for him, I think, to end the season on a high note after such a, a tough year. I hope we get a couple viral videos of him just laying people out, him getting back to his game. And you know what? When we talked to Sean Donovan at the start of the year, he said that he loved his game, but they need him to hop into the play more. Mm-hmm. If I haven't seen a guy grow more than Christian Yaros in the limited time he got to play this year, I don't know how many times he tapped his stick looking for a pass. But this guy loves jumping into the play now, and if you can add that to a guy and he can keep his skating ability to progress to the NHL level where he's able to play up and down the ice 200 feet like that, I love his physicality, and if he can bring his skating along, I think he's going to be a great piece in the future. Basically, if he can turn into Boro with skating and stick handling skills, that would be ideal. Hey, Boro, yeah. I'm excited to see what Boro's going to bring next year. A because tinted visor, probably. <laughs> yeah, it looks like it. I find that so weird, guys going out with a concussion, coming back Learned with this tinted Clarky. visor. Yeah, we've seen in the playoffs as well a little bit here. Uh, this year. Another guy, uh, Piarvi, we already touched on him, so uh, we'll move into, it looks like uh, Guy Boucher could be happening right now uh, as we record on Monday, April 30th, but uh, he's going to be meeting with Pierre Dorian. Dorian said at the draft lottery that in the right after the regular season, Dorian did most of the talking, so now he wants to hear from Boucher, what are you going to do to make this hockey team better next year? If it's taking this long though, Brandon, do you think that his job's safe for now? I there's not much doubt in my mind that Boucher is coming back next year. I mean, we talked about this before. He's got another year on his contract. The Senators are not a team that enjoys paying people to not work for them. So he's that alone is what stands out in my mind. And the thing is, there's been so many coaches going through this organization. You have to give a coach a little bit of a chain. And next year, there's not really a, a whole lot on the line like I think I think you have a bit of buffer room where you can feel things out and see how things are going but Boucher if you're going to stick around after that year you need to do something fresh you need to do something new everyone knows the one three one system since you were with the Tampa Bay Lightning even when you're in Europe like everyone is caught on to that system and knows how to play you now you need something fresh something new that gives management a reason to say why don't we just hire someone else who knows the 131 system what can you do i'm i would love to be a fly on the wall in that room right now and for me i i agree with you brandon you need to make a change and i think you need to listen more than you talk this offseason if you're guy boucher sit down with eric carlson how do you think we can get better as a team matt duchene you're a new huge part of this organization. How are we going to get better? Yep. Sit down with Mike Hoffman. How are we going to get the best out of Mike Hoffman? Give him a rigid off-season plan so that he comes back the best he can be. Talk talk with Ryan Zingle. Give him confidence. Show him he's a big part of this organization. He just had a huge year. Hopefully not a career year. Hopefully he can build off it for next year. How do I get the most out of you, Zingle? You have to talk to your players and realize, make a game plan that everyone is going to buy into like they did last season, but you got to keep progressing. you got to get better, and I think that's what you have to do is sit down with your players, figure it out as a group, not just Guy Boucher and the other two people in the Sens' war room. Yeah, the whole kind of situation's strange, how they let, Dor- they let Boucher go through like a half-hour end-of-season press conference, and he made a good point. He said, as of right now, I am, I am signed next year so he has to go in saying I'm going to be back next year but he needs to to change he can't be as stubborn as he was last year and whether that's not forcing or I, I don't know what the dynamic is there but 
you can't be bringing in all these depth guys that you just love and want to play because they're 30 years old. And you remember at one game after I think Oduya and Thompson were out for a few games and they came back and he's like, oh, we looked like an NHL team tonight because we had more NHL bodies. No, your job is to get these solid prospects that, that are coming up in the system to play well. I wanted to see a bit more of Schlappick this year, even though he got a pretty good taste. Yarosh got the one game. England got the last game. I want to see what these young kids can do at the NHL level. And although the Belleville Senators are done, the Ottawa Senators are done, that doesn't mean that we're done looking at the farm. Down on the farm. It's time to check in on the Belleville Senators. The Blaine's Bourneville Armadia. Did I get it? No. No. I tried. They're headed to Game 7, and Drake Batherson is leading a line that is 1, 2, and 3 in the QMJHL playoff scoring right now. Drake is in the lead with 25 points. 16 of those are assists, so he's lighting it up and continuing to get it done. And then you flip over to the OHL where there's another Game 7. Correct me if I'm wrong, but tonight, Ross... Oh, yeah, I thought you were going to get a pronunciation on Ontario team, too. <laughs> no, I'm pretty close. Kitchener Rangers, that's right in my neck of the woods. I should get that one. Logan Brown, he's tied with Tampa prospect Taylor Radish with 26 points to lead the OHL playoffs in scoring. 21 of those are assists. And this is against a wagon of Sault Ste. Marie. Taylor Radish is on that team as well. That team lost seven games all year long, 55 wins. They were the only team in the O to score 300 goals, and they had 317. So the boys down there are getting it done. Logan Brown, expect him in the lineup next year. Sons and fans. Drake Batherson, his confidence has to be at a sky-high level. After one of his goals, and if you're on Twitter, Sens Prospect put out a great gif of it. Just a triple stick twirl as he stares at the away crowd. It was awesome to see. So you got to like him playing with that confidence. And remember, he was drafted as an overager. So he has the opportunity next year, whether it's with Belleville or Ottawa, to turn pro. And if he's putting up these kind of numbers in the queue, I think that's best for his development. Uh, let's let's kind of prognosticate a little bit here. How soon do you think we could see Drake Batherson as an Ottawa senator? It's, it's tough to tell. I mean, he's lighting it up in junior, but also, where does he fit in on the lineup? Like who? I'd play him right across from Mark Stone on the line. Wow. He said that was his player comparable before he was even drafted by the Senators. Yeah. I I just, I would like to see a lot of these prospects get some time in Belleville, spend some time developing, and try to, I felt like Belleville and Ottawa didn't really have a cohesive relationship. I felt like players that were called up didn't, weren't able to jump into the NHL system as easy, and it just didn't seem as fluid. So I would like to get the relationship between Belleville and the Senators better, have players develop in Belleville, give give that Belleville fan base something to cheer about because last year was atrocious. And now the Senators have the guys that can be on that team and do it. And I don't know if Batherson and Brown are ready to hop up right away. Brown, I would I would honestly say Brown has a better shot at uh, cracking the roster next year than Batherson, just, just size-wise also. He certainly, yeah, he certainly has the NHL-ready frame, yeah. and it looks like this is his fourth year in junior hockey. I remember a post earlier this year he put on his Instagram saying, I feel like an old man. He's been there for so long. He's been there. Yeah. He's done that. He won the Memorial. That's the thing. Like, whoever plays with Mark Stone, it's probably the, the best player 
place to play if you're a player on the Ottawa Senators. So if you have the opportunity to to even have that as like a 2A, 2B line, because you got to think that that top line of Dezingle, uh, Duchesne, and Hoffman is going to stay so together. So why not throw Logan yeah. Brown between Mark Stone and Drake Batson? Uh, if I Why not have Logan Brown with Bobby Ryan? And then have that as a two A line, Bobby Ryan, Mark, or, uh, Bobby Ryan, Logan Brown, and a third piece. And then, oh, how about Brady Kachuk on that? <laughs> Why not? Yes, um, or Zadina. I think yeah, it's a little too early to be throwing line combos about out because, as Dorian said, there has to be changes after um, after such a poor season. Yeah, and Ross, if you don't mind, I'd like to get into a little bit of the late pick as well. Just Ooh. if we're taking, uh, you guys seem like. Well, we have the discussion off off air. Do you go two defensemen or do you go a forward and defenseman with this draft? I no think, matter what, a defenseman has to be in there, no matter what. Especially with how many defensemen are in this draft. And I went and said it before about Matthias Samuelson. That's my late guy pick with this one. We're not sure where that late pick is going to be for the Senators yet. 1-1 series tied between Pittsburgh and Washington. If Pittsburgh's out this round, it'll be mid to early 20s. I was thinking 22 to 25 is right around where I've seen it. But if they make the next round, then they're automatically picked 28 through 31. And they're against the Capitals, so... Moving right along. <laughs> so I'm sticking with Matthias Samuelson. I talked about him a little bit on the last podcast, but just to keep it a little more uh, up to date, he is committed to Western Michigan University next year. I kind of like that. Keep the guy in the NCAA, let him produce down there. And he was the captain of the U18 team recently that won a silver medal in Russia. Yeah. Yeah, it was in Russia. That's cool. Good job. My guy's also on that team too, Keandre Miller, and uh, I already mentioned he moved from forward to defenseman. He's still an offensively minded guy, and he's committed to Wisconsin. So almost similar situations, I think, um, Samuelson will bring a little more height, a little more physicality, whereas Keandre Miller uses his wheels to produce offense. And then the guy who you're talking about, Ryan Merkley, is just all offense all the time. Yeah, and Merkley, the reason I like him is uh, not just from my Guelph Storm bias, but he, like I said, with the first pick, the centers have to have a guaranteed guy who can step into that lineup. I think with this uh, later first-round pick, you can kind of take a bit more of yeah. a gamble on a guy. And Let a guy go to university. It, yeah, exactly. And in hopes that once the rest of the core, like Logan Brown, Batherson, uh, Do it in waves almost. Yeah, once, once they kind of build a core, you can slide that next guy who you take with that later first-round pick in. And a guy like Merkley, he has so much offensive potential, but there's, there's something about the attitude that is bringing him down. But... And size-wise, he's not quite there yet either. So he could be a guy that lights it up in Belleville and really develops uh, once he's done with the Guelph Storm. Can maybe go down there and get a guy like Max LaJoy going. Uh, it's or Mag- him in Polka. Yeah, nice. Love talking a little Vili Polka. It's Magnitogorsk, Russia. Came off my tongue there, finally. Also, when I was watching Ryan Merkley at the U18s, he looked great. He did assist on the goal that the Lafreniere goal that won Canada Group A. But sometimes when he has a lot of pressure, and they were getting a lot of pressure man-on-man against the European teams, I think that's the way they wanted to play Team Canada, and it worked pretty effectively. He coughed up the puck at the blue line, I would say three or four times, just because he's used to dominating in those situations, and I think that's a a big step in his career that he needs to take. Learn when to play with the puck and make plays, and learn when to just get rid of it. Yeah, and Merkley played with that Storm team who... Really, they don't have a lot of talent. So a lot of the time when he had the puck, 
he had to facilitate the play. He had to be the one making a big play. He, the five-on-five five quarterback. Yeah, he had to hold on to it. So that's why maybe you're seeing in situations like that where obviously he sh- should be moving the puck and making a better play. He's holding on and re- reading the play for a little bit longer because he's not used to having that support where he can easily dish it off and trust uh, maybe some of his more talented Canadian teammates. Yeah, nothing wrong with throwing the puck in the corner. Yeah, exactly. And just while you were mentioning Russia, it made me think Danny Taylor has re-signed with his KHL team, so he'll be gone, hopefully opening the door for a very young tandem next year in Belleville with Marcus Hogberg and Philip. Gustafson. And now, one of our favorite parts of the show, time to bring in Brendan Purdy for some Prairie Fire. Prairie Fire. Prairie Fire. What is Prairie Fire? This is Prairie Fire. Gentlemen, good to be back in the big city So, boys, a little bit of playoff time. Senators obviously gone. We're looking forward towards the draft. But let's rewind to what's actually going on right now. First one I'm going to throw to Brandon Pillar because, well, you got kind of sewered last week. So Yeah, give off. me a lob ball here. Just a uh, l- slow fastball down the middle, please. Nice and easy does it, right? <laughs> just tap it in, happy. <laughs> All on the hips, just for you. Three of four of the second round series, two games in, they're all tied. Tonight, Boston has the opportunity to be the only team in the first round to go up 2 nothing. Why will they or why won't they go up 2 nothing on Tampa tonight, Brandon? I think Boston has a good chance. I mean, I am a firm believer in the playoffs. Rest is such a bad thing. If you come off winning a series and you're hanging around waiting to play again, I think you you've, you lose so much momentum, you lose so much drive, and you ruin your routine. These players are creatures of habit, especially in the playoffs, and that rest that Tampa got knocking off New Jersey early, I don't think helped them at all. I would say the Bruins have such an advantage coming off that Game 7 with the Leafs. It was a tight, uh, highly contested series, and now they're... They're firing on all cylinders up against this Tampa Lightning team. I mean, Rick Nash finally came alive in that first game where they spanked them 6-2. So I think the Boston Bruins have a great opportunity to beat the Tampa Bay Lightning here and show everyone they're the top dogs in the East. And just to add to that, after the game, John Cooper almost looked defeated because Tampa threw 36 shots on net and Boston threw 24 on that, and he said that we just didn't take advantage of our scoring chances, and literally every time they got one, they scored. They won 6-2 six, six to two yep. with 24 shots on net. He said that that Marchant bergeron Pasternak line just scores almost at will, and he did not look like a confident guy after that. So are we going to call the early goalie pull the John Cooper now? Because Patrick Waugh made it famous pulling the goalie with two, three minutes left. John Cooper was down three goals. And pulled the goalie with six and a half minutes left in the game. Whoa. Desperation. One yeah. could say that Vasilevsky blew the coop. Okay, on with the next one, pal. <laughs> I'll give you that one. <laughs> All right, uh, Ross, I want you to gaze into your crystal ball here. Look down south in the land of some great tasty barbecue, and that's in Carolina. No coach and no GM. Who are going to fill those voids? Yeah, respect Don Waddell. He's the interim GM at the moment, but we're not sure what uh, the new owner, Tom Dundon, is going to do. Anybody else think it's strange that uh, the new owner got a lottery pick? Uh, hmm. Yeah, so weird. Hmm. Everything that's happened in Carolina this year, I'm just hmm. kind of, it's just, there's more question marks than hmm. answers. 
Hmm. 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 Well, they want to be a little tougher, so hmm. uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do with that pick. And I think Skinner's going to be gone, so now they're going to be down a leading scorer as well as a coach and GM. Taylor Hall and Evander Kane just blew Jeff Skinner out of the water this year. Finally getting to play a playoff game. Jeff Skinner needs to go somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Thank you for the crystal ball gaze there, Roscoe. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Now, finally, Chris Parliament, we're leaving all of the tough questions for you, pal. Uh-oh. So Nashville just barely tied their series last night on Kevin Fiala's OT winner. They've looked in tough so far against the Jets. These are the best two teams from the regular season. Can Nashville come back against the Jets and win in the toughest building to play in in the NHL? That's the MTS set. Nothing like coming back from a 1-1 tie. Depth is a weapon, and Peter Laviolette needs to be able to point that weapon at the opposition and not his own decor. They played an 85-minute game last night, and two of his defensemen played less than 12 minutes. What are you doing? P.K. Subban cannot play that much time, and it showed in his game last night. Stop doing that, Peter Laviolette. Use your depth as a weapon and win hockey games doing it normally, not playing 12 minutes for your two bottom pair of guys. That just doesn't get it done. P.K. Subban's going to be gassed. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Get your head on straight, Laviolette. Especially that Nashville group, like, that's a that's a tough uh, mentally and physically group. Winnipeg's in their head a little. Like, you saw Buff- <laughs> Bufflin was ragdolling two, two Nashville players while holding off the line. That might have gift of the playoffs so far. Yeah, that was incredible. And then P.K. Subban... resorted to soccer-like dives after he cross-checked line A in the neck like twice and then gets one little tap and he goes down holding his knee like this national team doesn't know how to handle the Jets and they're in trouble if they can't pull things together in Winnipeg especially with that whiteout in full blizzard mode right now. P.K. Subban as bad as he was on two of those Jets goals he did have a goal an assist six shots four hits three block shots and he played 39-24. Yeah, so, that's ridiculous. Why are you playing them that much? It just doesn't make sense at all. And I'm going to sound like four a defensemen, four defensemen on the Nashville Predators played over 33, 33 minutes. minutes. Yeah. Also, I'm going to sound like a broken record here, but Craig Smith is nasty and no one talks about him. Yeah. Agreed. To put that in perspective, the Jets had three defensemen over 30 minutes. Yeah, the, everyone's talking about the young scoring ability of these teams. Look at the decors. Like, how do you win in today's NHL? Well, don't don't ask the Calgary Flames that. Thanks for having me. Bye, boys. We'll stop back hopefully once before this draft gets underway. Absolutely, we will once we find out who's visiting where and how, but... One thing we are sure of, this first round is of the utmost importance to the Ottawa Senators because they don't have a second rounder and they don't have a third rounder. So you got two picks in the first four rounds. You better make the most of it. We'll talk to you guys more about it as things develop. For Chris Parliament, Brandon Piller, and Brandon Purdy, I'm Ross Levitan. Go Sens, go, and enjoy the good nice weather.
sun Don't you feel down when she's gone